Good morning. So here we are in the third part of our series, which is called Equip. And it's all about the things that we do to equip us to grow in our faith. And growing is really important, isn't it? Whatever we are doing in our lives, we want to grow, we want to get better. Or even if we don't really want to, then it is good for us to grow. And that might be in our career. I guess we've all heard those dreaded letters, haven't we? CPD, where we go and learn supposedly how to be better equipped at our job. Do you know, I have a friend who runs marathons, not me. (laughs) Um, But you know, she doesn't just turn up on the marathon day and hope for the best. She puts all kinds of plans in place. She eats the right stuff. She goes training so that she can run further and she can run faster. Might surprise you to know that I can't actually run a marathon um, because I haven't done any of those things. I'm not equipped. And if we want things to change, we have to change things. And the same applies to our faith. If we want to be stronger, we need to equip ourselves. And that is what this series is all about, those practical habits that will grow our faith. Felix and Louise have already talked about some of these things. Time with God, building that intimacy through prayer, reading and engaging with his word. All of these things that help us to grow in our faith and they work. They really, really do. So here we are on the third way that we can equip ourselves to grow. And this one is obedience. I know, maybe if you'd read your church life a little more closely, you might have thought you might give this one a miss. Do we really need to talk about obedience? It doesn't always feel very positive, does it? Obedience is a word that can make us think about control. Maybe you're being told what to do when we don't want to. Maybe obedience like tidy your room, load the dishwasher, pick your shoes up, do your homework. You see how easily these phrases come out of my mouth. Um, That obedience, that feels boring. Or maybe obedience in a society where the consequence of free will and free speech is severe. We see, don't we, the rules imposed on women in places like Afghanistan. That kind of forced obedience that feels like oppression. Or maybe even in your own home. Obedience, that means you have to be good to avoid punishment. That kind of forced obedience, again, that maybe feels abusive. And I guess whatever comes to mind, the idea of obedience doesn't always feel very exciting. And yet we've just read a passage from the Psalms which sounds like exactly the opposite of that, doesn't it? Psalm 19 is a psalm written by David, and it's actually a song. And David has his eyes firmly fixed on God. It's a worship song. And it starts with a verse that we might be familiar with. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And in Psalm 19, the first six verses are all about David praising God for his creation, praising God for all that he's done. Not unusual for David and actually very much like many of the songs we sing here. In fact, a lot of the songs we do sing have lyrics that are directly taken from Psalm 19. But then we get to verse 7, and this is the bit that we've read today. And David is shifting his focus. He changes his focus from praising God about creation to actually praising God for his laws and for his commands. He's saying that the commandments bring joy, the laws revive your soul. Do you know, I work in a school, and the kids in our school are great. 
but I don't hear very many of them saying how much they love the school rules. They're not excited by walking on the left of the corridor. They're not filled with joy when we say, tuck your shirt in. Yet we find David loving the laws of God, so much so that he's writing, singing songs about them. I don't know how many downloads a song about obedience would get in 2023. I guess not very many. So what is it that helps David to feel happy to obey? What is it that allows him to feel joy in obedience? And this morning we're going to be looking a bit more deeply into what godly obedience is all about. What it is, why it matters, what it looks like. And asking the question, how does obedience equip us to grow in our faith? And hopefully we can challenge some of our preconceptions today. And maybe learn to look at obedience from a different perspective. Because the first thing to note this morning is that David is excited by the rules. He calls them the precepts, the commandments. They exist. In the time of David, there would have been many rules and laws to obey. The books of Leviticus and Numbers give specific instructions for sacrifice, for the way society should work, for how to live. David's not excited because faith is a free-for-all, do what you like, like a kind of non-uniform, you know, those days when you can bring your toys to school and do whatever you want. It's not like that. David is excited within the obedience. He's excited about being obedient. Because one thing we can't get away from today is that we are called to obey God. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Joshua is speaking to the people of Israel. He's asking them if they're serious about their faith. They've had some pretty big issues with obedience, but they want to try to make it right. And Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. Basically, he says, if you're going to choose God, then stop messing about with what he says and get on with obeying the rules that he gives. And actually, that was true for the people of Israel way back in the Old Testament. And it's true for us here today. Felix spoke to us last week about the Bible as a kind of sat-nav, giving us direction, rerouting us if necessary, giving instructions on where to go. And God is really clear throughout the Bible that the rules and the teachings are there to be followed by those who call themselves followers of Jesus. James says in chapter one of his book, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Our obedience is our faith in action. The Bible tells us that faith without action is dead. God says, don't say you're a Christian and then just go off and act like everybody else. Being a Christian does come with rules. We can't pretend it doesn't. Obedience to the things of God is a high calling and we can't avoid that as we talk this morning. And you might think, well, this actually sounds rubbish. It doesn't sound very good at all. Why on earth would I want to follow Jesus if it's all about just obeying a load of rules, following rules to please a God and he's always going to be slightly disappointed in me. Maybe we have an image of a God who is sitting up there in heaven, he's giving his instructions, he's giving his commands. We all have to follow so that he likes us more, so that we don't get into trouble. We maybe have this image of God a bit like a sergeant major commanding his troops. But you know, if we're going to find joy and purpose in obedience like David, we need to move away from this image of God. We're not being trained for obedience. That is not God's aim. We're not following a God who wants to control us 
and get us to follow the rules and somehow earn some God points by being good. We are in a loving relationship with our creator, Father. God is building a family, not an army. And the reason that God says obedience matters so much and choosing his ways is important is because he has so much more for us. As parents, we set boundaries for our kids, don't we? Because we want them to have the best life ever. I'll tell you a story from quite a long time ago now because I was nearly 15 at the time. And I was desperate to go to the cinema. I wanted to see this film. And the film was a 15 certificate. Uh, and my parents, they said no. They said I couldn't go because I wasn't 15 yet. And you know, I was mad. I was so, so mad with them. I couldn't understand why it mattered. I thought it was really ridiculous. But actually, do you know now, I am the parent of two teenagers. And I look at that decision from a completely different perspective because now I'm the one setting the rules for my kids. Rules that keep them safe. Rules that protect them and steer them into what is good for them. God is a loving father and he knows how to give good things for, to his children. He knows how to create abundant life. And God's intention in everything he does is for us to get to know him more, to deepen our relationship with him. God's purpose in our obedience is to draw us close so our faith grows, so that we can step into his plans and his purposes for us. And that's why obedience falls into this teaching series. It is a way that we equip ourselves for spiritual growth. It stands with prayer and worship and Bible study as a way to get to know God better. We're not equipped for obedience like some kind of army. We are equipped by our obedience. And when we start to understand that, then obedience can start to feel a whole lot different. And just like when we commit time to prayer and study, when we engage with the Bible, we see a change in our relationship with God. The same is true for obedience. When we are obedient to God's call, then things start to change. There is power in obedience. Not a controlling power, but the power of God. Because when we choose to obey, we draw ourselves close to God. And that brings growth and it brings blessing. God says to the people of Israel, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. God promises blessings will come out of obedience. And maybe we need to just clear this one up a little bit because actually we're not being obedient to be rewarded and kind of bargain with God. We can't make a deal with God where we say, oh, well, we'll be good and that he's going to give us stuff that we want. And sometimes it's easy, isn't it, to start to say to God, okay, Lord, if I do this for you, then maybe I could get that new job or maybe the kids would do okay in their exams as if somehow we're doing God a favor with our obedience and he owes us. That isn't how it works. It doesn't mean we'll get a new car. It doesn't mean we'll get a new job. But it does mean that we're going to get more of God in our lives. And that is far better. And what that could mean, we might look at a few things together this morning. Intimacy. When we obey the things he says, we come close to God. John 15 verse 14 says, You are my friends 
if you do what I say. You're my friends. Our relationship with God is deepened and it's strengthened when we are obedient. And maybe you've experienced again times with your own children or family members where they just don't understand why you're saying certain things. They don't understand why you're setting certain rules. There's that pushback and that relationship becomes strained. You still love them with all of your heart, but the relationship suffers. And it is the same with God. When we continually push back and we ignore the things that he says are good for us, then we become distant. It's like any relationship where we care for the other person. It could be a marriage, a a close friend, family members. We are closest to those people when we make the choices that show our love, the choices that keep us close together. Our obedience brings purpose. When we are obedient, we're close and we can hear the voice of God. We've talked about the need to spend time with God and read his word. That's part of obedience. There's a brilliant verse in Isaiah. It says, whether you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. When we are obedient, we align ourselves with our heavenly father. We walk in step with him. We position ourselves where God can speak to us. We can hear of his plans and his awesome purposes for our lives. Obedience brings trust. You know, I can promise you that you will never, ever step out in faith and obey God and find that he lets you down. He goes before us. He holds us. And you can be absolutely sure he is never going to drop you in it. And the more we are obedient, the more we see his faithfulness and the more we learn to trust. About this one, obedience brings rest. We don't always think of obedience bringing rest, but... Do you know, God's rules are not designed to be some kind of holy boot camp. And actually, it's us that makes life so hard for ourselves sometimes. There's strife, and it's hard when we try to do things our own way. We're fighting to be and to get certain things, and sometimes God says, hey, why don't you try my way? In Matthew, Jesus says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When we are connected to our creator and following his path, it's where we're meant to be. There's a peace and there's a rest in obedience. What about protection? Obedience brings protection. Psalm 23 is another of David's psalms. It says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. When we allow Jesus to lead, we're led to good places. Places of nourishment and rest and safety. Do you know the smart sheep, if there is such a thing, they are happy to be led. They stay close to the shepherd because they know it keeps them safe. And Jesus calls himself the good shepherd and when we allow him to guide our lives, We're safe. There's protection in obedience. And there's joy. We've read of David's joy this morning. David was a really super rich man. But he says that God's laws were better than gold. His joy was in his obedience because he knows that with every obedient step he takes, he steps closer to his heavenly father. And obedience can be a joy because we understand who God is. We believe that the purpose of obedience is not to control us. It is to love us. 
God's aim is always to draw us closer to him. And obedience becomes its own reward because it allows us to step into all of this abundant life that God offers. And you might think this morning, well, that all sounds great. I like the idea of all that, but God hasn't told me what to do. God hasn't said anything to me. I've read all these amazing stories in the Bible of all these heroes that were so obedient, but God's never told me to go to Nineveh like Jonah or build an ark like Noah or go into battle like David. What does my obedience look like? God hasn't told me. But actually the answer to that is he has. Because he's given us his God-breathed word, the Bible. Felix shared with us last week about how we can use the Bible to hear God speak and to guide our lives. Do you know there's another hero in the Bible and his name is Daniel. You've probably heard of him. We know that he was thrown into the lion's den. And yeah, God took Daniel to some really scary places. But what do we find Daniel doing most of the time? It's reading his Bible. He's praying at the right time. He's following God's rules about the food that he can and can't eat. He's refusing to be drawn into the culture and the behavior of those around him. He's not making a big deal out of it, but he is quietly, obediently following God in the everyday. And I guess for most of us, our lives are pretty normal most of the time, aren't they? But that actually doesn't mean that God has forgotten about us or that we're somehow off the hook with obedience because God has given us his word. And it's full of teaching and wisdom and the ultimate example of Jesus Christ. So what does our obedience look like? It looks like our faith in action. It looks like the word of God lived out in our lives in the big things and in the small. It looks like us at work speaking well of other people. It's those times when we choose truth, when a little lie feels really easy. It's time with people that nobody else has any time for. It's when we put our phone away and we get out the word of God and we engage with it. And what about when nobody is watching and my obedience is about what goes on in my head and in my heart? It's that everyday obedience that happens right where you are. The wonderful everyday. I wonder where you've heard that before. We know, don't we, that IKEA used that as part of their advertising campaign. And yes, you can make your life wonderful with flat pack furniture. It's good stuff. But you can also choose to make the choice for wonderful everyday obedience. And there is so much power in that. There is power in those everyday obedience choices that we make, even when we don't want to, even when nobody is looking. Never underestimate the power of a life of everyday holy obedience. And we do that because it makes a difference to us. It makes a difference right where we are. But we also do it because it prepares us for those times when God taps us on the shoulder and he says, okay, this is what I need you to do now. And it is big. It's a go to Nineveh moment or it's a build an ark moment. Daniel was called from his everyday obedience to stand up for his faith in a way that could have cost him his life. And for you, that might involve a hard conversation that you've been avoiding. It might involve ending a relationship. It might involve moving house, changing job. Those obedience moments that are life-changing and scary. And it's challenging 
so challenging. There are times when we might not understand why God is asking us to do something. It might feel weird. It feels unnecessary. It doesn't feel in line with where your life is meant to be going. We feel like God is saying something, but we just don't understand why. And there are times when we just actually don't want to. I don't like what God is asking me to do. Look again at Jonah. He didn't like the people of Nineveh. He didn't want to go. And we can feel like that too. It's hard. It's not convenient. I don't want to do this. Disobedience is countercultural. The world says, do what you like, have fun, please yourself. And sometimes we don't want to push back against the crowd. We're pretty attached to our bad habits. We don't want God to turn our lives upside down. But these are the times when our faith is tested. And we need to hold on really tight to what we know of God. That he is our loving father. That his perspective is eternal. That he sees the end from the beginning. I saw a quote online this week. It said, we might not know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. And when our obedience feels confusing, it feels like we don't want to do that. We might never even see the outcome of our obedience. But we trust God. We trust his power and his purposes are above our comprehension. And always, always for our good. And one thing that's absolutely 100% guaranteed this morning is that it's going to go wrong. There is no doubt about that. We make mistakes probably every day. And if you heard Tom speak in the evening service a few weeks ago, he used a great phrase. He said, don't give up if you mess up. And perhaps your experience of obedience is difficult because you've had to earn love and approval by being good. But one thing is for sure, is that God's love is not dependent on our obedience. David was a faithful shepherd boy and God loved him. David led the armies of the Lord into battle and God loved him. David slept with another man's wife and had him killed to cover it up. And God loved him. God's love is not dependent on our obedience. So don't give up if you mess up because God's never going to give up on you. He'll set you back on your feet and he'll say, let's go again. He will always accept you and always love you, even if things go wrong. I don't know about you, but this is really challenging for me. It's hard stuff to listen to, isn't it? A life of faith and obedience isn't easy. It's hard to follow when we're scared, when we don't understand, when we don't want to. It's hard to follow in the everyday. We make mistakes. And it can be easy to talk about these things and talk about how great obedience is and how joyful we're all going to feel when we go out and we do this. But it's tough out there on a Monday morning in your home, in your workplace, with people that you love and people that you don't. Obedience is hard. But you know, it's worth it. God always has great plans for your obedience. It will change you and it will change the world around you. Because when we obey, God can do amazing things. Jonah went to Nineveh eventually and the whole city turned to God. Noah built an ark and a faithful family was saved. Daniel stood firm and changed the heart of a king. Obedience can hurt and it is a sacrifice. We know this. But it is never wasted. 
God will never waste your obedience because God is faithful. We read in 1 Corinthians, no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no mind has ever thought of the wonderful things that God has made ready for those who love him. We've already talked about the amazing blessings of obedience, the knowing of God that brings intimacy and trust and purpose and joy and protection, many, many other things. And every time we make those hard and holy decisions to obey, we learn to trust more. Each time we choose to put our faith into action, we step closer to God. Each time we choose to exercise self-control and discipline, we align ourselves with him and his purposes for us. Our obedience isn't about impressing God. It's not about earning his love. It's about growing closer to God, about knowing him more deeply and stepping into all of this abundant life that he has for us. I'm going to ask the band to come up now and I'm just going to think about what our response to this might be today. There's a challenge here for you this morning. Maybe today, the challenge for you is actually just to rethink what you thought obedience was for. To rethink the nature of God and his purposes in our obedience. Maybe to readjust your perspective from what the world says obedience is all about to what God says obedience is for, that countercultural obedience he's calling us to. Maybe you need to go away and just read some of these verses again and just allow God to speak to you about his heart for you, about his love for you and his purpose in obedience. Or maybe today it is an obedience challenge that you know you're facing in your life. Maybe there's something that you know you're doing that you should not be doing, that you know is not God's call on your life. You know he's saying, I don't want you to do that anymore. You need to make the decision to, to stop that. Or maybe there's something in your life that you know God is calling you to, but you're not doing it yet. Maybe it's being obedient to those habits of prayer and study and time with God. So this morning, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to point out those areas of our lives where we know we need to change. We know we need to be more obedient. Or maybe today, maybe you know full well what God is asking you to do, but you know you don't want to hear. You know you've been avoiding it. Is it time today to face up to that and choose to be obedient? And as we're trying to equip ourselves to grow in our faith, obedience is a vital part of this jigsaw. Not because it makes God like us more, but because it draws us closer to him, it strengthens and grows our faith. And ultimately, we become more like Jesus. Our perfect example of the hardest, most painful obedience this world has ever known. That obedience that gave up his life for us. His obedience that allows us to have a relationship with God. His obedience that buys for us forgiveness from sin and this abundant eternal life that he offers. Wouldn't it be great this morning if our response could be to say, yeah, I want to know you more, God. I want to pursue a deeper relationship with you 
by being obedient, by choosing the things you say are good for me because I know you love me. And maybe we can start like David to take joy in obedience because we know the one who calls us to this, our God. We know his heart is for us. We know his purposes and his plans are good and we trust him with our lives. We get to be obedient. It's a privilege and it's a joy. We're going to worship now. We're going to pick up some of these themes in the songs that we're going to sing and it might be that you want to respond to God this morning through worship or just take some time to speak to God as we sing these words. But let's ask God to change us today.